Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Hey Global Church, my name's Sam, uh, back again this week to give you another message Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I've been married now to one wife for nearly 13 years. There's a little fact for you. Uh, We've got three beautiful children. Uh, We've been part of Global Church in York now with Dave and Shelley, our senior leaders, for about 16 years, uh, which is the majority of my adult life. And it's been an amazing journey. Church for us is is the backbone of everything in our marriage. Um, It keeps us grounded. It keeps us in with a community of people who are for us. Um, It's just amazing. And I can honestly tell you, without church in my life, I would not be the person I am today. I wouldn't have stepped out in business. I probably wouldn't have got married. I'd be very lonely. (laughs) Um, So last week, uh, I gave a message called Subject to Change. Um, And, you know, as we know, over the last 15 months or whatever it's been now, you lose count after a while. You feel like a a little prisoner making tally marks on your on your bedroom wall. Uh, You know, everything has been subject to change. The whole world has been subject to change. Everything has been constantly changing and and restrictions coming in and lifting and all the rest of it. Um, But really, the point of that talk was this, is that you are the subject and are you ready to change? Um, And that's definitely been my journey over the last uh, couple of years, really, is is a journey of of transformation, of changing into who God wants me to be, not just the person I was last year. So today's talk um, is this, delays, distractions, detours and destinations. That's right, I got stuck on the D section of the dictionary, but I've got a great message for you and it's all based on the story in Exodus. Uh, So to summarise just a large chunk of the Old Testament, um, you know, Israel, the nation was enslaved to Egypt. They'd grown uh, exponentially over about 430 years, but they're they're enslaved to the Egyptians. Um, And during that time, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was intimidated by the Israelites because he saw how powerful and influential they were becoming. So he started a genocide. He started to systematically kill all of the, um, all the Israelites who were being born, all the baby boys. Um, so he ordered that they all be killed and thrown into the River Nile. He was a horrible, horrible person. And during that time, Moses was born. And Moses managed to survive this genocide. He grew up actually in Pharaoh's palace, uh, looked after by Pharaoh's daughter. Um, And it's an amazing story. God calls Moses then to free the Israelites from Egypt because God heard their cry. You know what? When you cry out to God, when when you get to the end of yourself, God hears your cry. And he starts a plan in place, and it's already even there, to rescue you from that. And he rescued these Israelites, these people that were chosen by God from Egypt. And he brought them out, and he, was, he promised them a land called Canaan, uh, which was the promised land, the place where the Israelites were going to live. 
Um, and it's an amazing story. There was 10 plagues uh, that happened because each time Pharaoh uh, refused to let the people go. And so after these 10 plagues, uh, they've walked through the Red Sea on dry ground with, you know, the, the water mounting up on either side. The Israelites walk out and they're walking now into the desert. All the Egyptians uh, have been killed behind them. The, the waters have crashed in on them and the whole nation, over a million people, walk out of Egypt. They've plundered the Egyptians. They've taken their silver and their gold and God is ready to take them now on a journey to the promised land. You know what, if you've got something at the moment that you're aiming for, maybe it's a, it's a new job, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's starting a business, maybe it's finding a partner in life, maybe it's getting married to that partner, maybe it's starting a family. Whatever it is that you've set out as your kind of, uh, your goal at the moment, uh, whatever journey you're currently on, um, there are four, well, there's, sorry, there's three different things that you may experience along the way. And I want to help us navigate through those. I've experienced all three of these in my life. And they are delays, distractions and detours. And hopefully not a dead end. <laughs> the delays. This is the first point, delays. Airport delays. Have you ever been in an airport? I remember going on holiday years ago with a friend uh, and we got to the airport. We're all ready to go, all ready to board the plane. And then there was a delay and it was four hours. And there's just nothing worse than sitting in an airport uh, full of you know, angry people who just want to get on the plane. They just want to get on holiday. You just want to get there and you're delayed and, there's, and it's out of your control. Maybe it's just you, maybe you're trying to move house and there's a delay in moving house or maybe it's just traffic on your way to work and it's so frustrating you know somebody's had an accident or it's just rush hour and there's a delay in place delays can be frustrating but sometimes and quite often God uses a delay as the best thing for you you know I look back at my life now and I see the delays that were put in place because I wasn't ready to, to do what I wanted to do. Uh, there's a great song we've sung in church called Take Courage. And the lyrics are this, take courage, my heart, stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. And there's a way to behave when you're facing a delay, when you're facing something that you thought it was going to be now, but it's not yet. And just because your promotion is not yet or you haven't found your future husband or wife or you haven't started that family yet that you've wanted to. Remember this, God's delay is not a denial. God's delay is not a denial. You know, in today's society, we're a bit like the band Queen. It's like, I want it all and I want it now. And there's that, there's that frustration in us when you see other people doing well or you see other people uh, succeeding or getting what you want in life. And you think, why is it not happening for me? Why am I being delayed? Now, what I found out when I, when I was reading this story about the Israelites is God actually started their journey with a delay. It says in Exodus 13, 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. You know, it's a bit like when you get Google Maps up 
and you search for your, uh, the place you want to go to and, and you click directions or whatever it is and it gives you like a multiple of different ways you can get there and you think, why would I go that way? <laughs> that way takes five times as long. Or oh, that that way that that's got a delay on the, you know on the on the motorway. That's got a big red patch. I don't want to go through that red patch. I want to find the shortest possible way to my destination because that's how we are as human beings. I'm not saying next time you get Google Maps out, take the lot unless you want the scenic route. You might do. The thing here is it says God did not lead them on the road. That was the shortest. He didn't, he didn't lead them on that shortest route on Google Maps. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. See, God knew exactly what he was dealing with. He knew the type of people he was dealing with and he knows you. You know, it says in the Bible, he knows the number of hairs on your head. It's amazing. God knows you intimately. He, he created you in your mother's womb. He knows everything about you. And that's why sometimes he puts in a delay. He puts in a not yet. See, God knows where you're at. He knew where the Israelites were at. He knew that if he led them on that road, they'll, they'll probably just decide to go back. You know, he's, he's like a, a dad. Well, he is a dad. God is your, your dad, your heavenly father. And he wants the best for you. But he also wants you to be able to handle the best for you. And so he doesn't rush things. He doesn't, you know, God is a patient God. Right now, God is preparing you for what he has coming in your life. Jesus says in the Gospels, a wise man built his house on the rock. And the rock is like truth. The rock is stable. The rock is a solid foundation to build your life on. You know, a friend of mine, Bo, some of you might know him, builds uh, these amazing outbuildings in people's uh, gardens for offices. And, and it's not just offices, it's like bars and putting greens and all kinds of stuff. But the first thing he has to do when he's putting in a new building is he has to set the foundations right. And those foundations have to be solid and they have to be, uh, you know, they have to support what he's then going to build on it. You know, when God's putting in foundations in your life, sometimes it doesn't look flashy. It doesn't look exciting. You know, the steelworks and the glass and everything, it's not going up yet because he's laying the foundations. He's getting you ready for what is coming. And, you know, we've said it before in Global so many times, but God's got the box lid of the jigsaw. He knows what the full picture looks like. You know, we just have a piece or two pieces or maybe we've put a few together, but we're not there yet. And God is. God knows exactly what he's got for you. He's so excited about it, but he wants to get you ready. Remember, a delay is not a denial. The second one is distractions. You know, if you're anything like me, you constantly get distracted. I have to go other places to work now. I can't just work in my, in my dining room, which I have done before, because I just get distracted with all the various stuff going on. Um, so the, the Israelites at this point, I just got distracted then, if you didn't notice, doing a talk and I got distracted. <laughs> so they've escaped from Egypt. They're in the desert. They're on the way to the promised land where God has promised them a land flowing with milk and honey and houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't grow and all the good stuff that God's got for them. And God's already delayed them because he knows what they're like. 
Next up, Moses sends the spies into the promised land and he sends 12 people into the promised land to find out what is it like? What are we, fa- what are we going into, guys? So he sends them in and they come back and they bring a report. Now, 10 of these 12 men bring a bad report and they don't just bring it to Moses. They spread it around the people. They tell the people, we can't do this. If we go in now, we'll all die. You know, we went into the land and there were giants in the land. There were these big guys. We we look like grasshoppers to them. We're we're never going to make it. We're never going to get in. And they spread this bad report throughout the whole of the Israelite people. See, how you talk about something is important. If you're constantly looking at the negatives and how you'll never do that or you can't do this or whatever... And you spread that bad report. Be careful what you say to people. And be careful who you're listening to as well. Don't just listen to all the negative Nancys who are telling you, oh, you'll never do this. Or, you know, I I remember having young kids. Well, I still have young kids, but when they were even younger. And all the people who had like teenagers, well, well, it's you've got it all to come. And it's all, shut up. Shut up with your bad news. I'll face it when I get there. Don't worry. Numbers 14, 1 to 3. This is after the bad report has been spread throughout the Israelite people. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled, grumbled and complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? It's like they're mad. They want to go back to being slaves in a place where God set them free, did miracles after miracle, all the plagues that then created their freedom. And they want to go back to that. It's absolutely nuts. But you can see how so often we think like this, where we think it was just easier back then or when I was in that other job or when, you know, before I had my own business or before I had kids. And we think with rose-tinted glasses about how good life was before. They're distracted now from God's promise. They didn't see the provision there. They just saw all the different problems. You know, for a lot of us and for a lot of you, fear is distracting you from God's promise and God's destination for you. God's promise is I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And sometimes we just ignore that and we think, well, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What if I can't do it? What if I'm not bright enough? No, God's with you. God's got an amazing plan for you. And actually, it's not down to you being good enough or being brave enough or whatever it is. It's down to God. And if we trust in God, if we uh, trust in the Lord as as the Bible teaches us, we'll actually inherit the things of the land. What's distracting you at the moment from the promise? What's keeping you from your destination? Is it fear? Do you spend a lot of time worrying about stuff? Do you put yourself down often? Instead of thinking uh, of all the good things that people say about you. You know what I realised last year is one of my main issues, one of my main distractions was envy. 
I looked at other people being successful and I wanted what they had. And I thought, why can't I have what they've got? What's, you know, are they God's favourites or, you know, maybe you're envious. I, I wanted to be successful. I still want to be successful. Maybe your anger at the moment stems from envy and you want what they've got. You know, I realised this about myself. I realised that it was damaging relationships in my life. And I realised this through having conversations with people in church, people who were for me, people who wanted the best for me. Having these conversations, I realised I was envious of people. And so I confessed it. You know, the Bible says to confess your sins to one another. Find somebody that you trust and tell them what you're struggling with. Because once you confess it, you experience freedom. You experience release from it. I've had it so many different times. Confess your sins to one another. Not just the ones you're proud of. <laughs> the ones that are hurting you. The ones that are holding you back. Confess them. Because it brings about freedom. Here's a challenge. Find somebody that you trust and confess to them what you're struggling with. What's holding you back says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. You know, talk to God about it as well, as well as talking to other people. But give your anxiety to God. Give your cares to him because he cares for you. You know, I warn us about these things because I've seen it in my own life. I saw it last year and I know that distractions can lead to resentment and resentment can lead to anger. Now look at this in, in the Bible when, when uh, the, the bad report had been spread in Numbers 14, 6 to 10. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. He's saying don't get distracted by all the negative things that you think you're seeing because God's with us. He says their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And then get this. So they've given this inspiring talk to the Israelites. They're saying, come on, we can do this. Let's go take the land because God's with us. It says, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them, about killing them, about picking up bricks and throwing them at them until they were dead. It's mind boggling in one sense to think that the people who, uh, you know, God's promised this land, he's going to take them in. And then they hear this inspiring talk and then they're like, oh, I'm so annoyed at these people. It's mad. Confess it and kill it. Don't dwell in the negativity. Distractions will cause you to gossip about people. And I know we can all listen to this and say, oh yeah, yeah, gossiping's bad. And oh, those gossips, especially so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. We're all gossips. We all do it. We all fall into that trap sometimes, or at least I do. You know, I don't put it on, on all of you. 
but it causes you to pull other people down because you're distracted or you're fearful or you're envious of others. God has a destination in mind for you. He's got many destinations in mind for you. God has plans to prosper you. The delay is not a denial. Don't let the distractions take your focus off your destiny. The third one is this, detours. No one likes to see a detour sign, especially when you're on your way home and it's late at night and you think all I want to do is get back home and then there's a sign that says detour, roadworks or whatever. You know, maybe the last 15 months for you has just been a massive detour. It's been like, well, I was hoping I'd be here by now, but I am, I'm not because I've had to go all this long way round. I've had to change how I think and how I do stuff. You know, I say a massive detour. It's been 15 months so far. You know, even, let's say, um, let's not hope, but let's say it's two years. Maybe it's two years of detour. At least it's not 40 years in the desert. You know, when God takes you on a detour, he does so with a purpose. Listen to what God says to the Israelites in Deuteronomy. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. He's telling them after this, he's saying, remember how God did it to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his command. See, the detour for the Israelites was a test. Maybe you're feeling at the moment like you're taking a detour. Maybe you're feeling, I I just think, I thought by now I'd be here in life and I'm not, I'm here What is going on? Why has God taken me the scenic route instead of just getting me there when I wanted to be there? It's a bit like a delay. You know, God detours us round stuff. He redirects our steps. You know, Paul in the New Testament was often going to places to preach and then he was prevented from going there by the Holy Spirit. Maybe God is preventing you from going certain places because he's redirecting your steps. Maybe at the moment, even during this talk, as you're listening right now, whether you're on your phone, whether you're at a watch party, wherever you are, maybe you're realising God's taking me on a detour. He's taking me to this person when I wanted to go to speak to that person. Why is he putting this person in my mind? I didn't I wasn't even thinking about them and then God drops it in. He takes us on detours and detours with God are exciting because actually that's the point where it's like, I didn't know I was going to end up here. You know, Paul was taken on a detour in the New Testament and he ended up in Philippi and he ended up in this Roman colony. He ended up speaking to Lydia. He didn't intend to because he intended to go somewhere else. Can you see how God works? And can you see how important it is to be in step with the Holy Spirit, to be in step with the church, to be around a community of people who've got your back, who can speak into your life. You know, we often say in global, follow the man or the woman who's following God. Because by doing that, you get the right advice coming in. By reading your Bible regularly, by praying, you start to Uh, You start to unveil the nuggets of wisdom that are in there and you start to see God operating in your life and, and, and leading you to different places. In your detour, God is still in control. His promises never fail and his timing 
is perfect. He's still in control. His promises never fail and his timing is perfect. For the Israelites aged over 20 in the desert, their detour ended in a dead end because they refused to change. They constantly grumbled and complained to Moses and to Aaron. But those who were under 20 and Joshua and Caleb, who I think were 40 at the time, they didn't. They had a different spirit about them and God detoured them. But during that detour, he tested them. And they were the ones who took possession of the land. I want to give you a great scripture now, which is to use whilst you're waiting on what God's got for you next. It's Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Like a good dad, God is directing your steps. He's getting re you ready for what's coming next. The best is yet to come. You're waiting on the Lord, like it says in this scripture, is not about just twiddling your thumbs or binging Netflix or whatever and just wasting time. Now God's saying, wait on the Lord, because those who do will renew their strength. Worship God regularly. Pray, read your Bible, hang out with people, serve people in your community. These are the things to do whilst you're waiting on God, whilst you're waiting on the next breakthrough or the next direction. Keep believing, keep serving, keep praying, keep worshipping, keep walking with God. The last one, point number four, destinations. I only want to give one scripture really and that's this. In Joshua 13 verse 1, this is at the end of Joshua's life now, he's gone into the promised land with this group of people. They've started to possess the land. They've possessed certain cities. They've defeated Jericho and all the rest of it. It says this, now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old, <laughs> advanced in years. And there remains, there remains very much land yet to be possessed. There remains very much land yet to be possessed. God has got way much more, if that's even the right way of saying it. God's got so much more planned for you. He's not finished with you yet. There is so much more land to be possessed. You know, what does that mean for you today? What does that mean for you? What, what are those things that you've still yet to do? What's that thing you've had on your mind for a while? It's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to start this business. I want to. What is that thing that really God is saying to you? There is so much more land to be possessed. God has big things in store for you. I believe it. And I believe it for myself as well. Remember, a delay is not a denial. Focus on the positives. Don't get distracted by all the challenges and the negatives. You know, if you're currently on the scenic route, you're currently on the detour, 
Don't let it lead you to a dead end. You know, watch your attitude during that time. Pass the test and let's all find out together what God's got for us coming up. You know, as you've been listening to this message today, God has been speaking to you. He's been prompting you. Today is the day of salvation. There's no better time than right now to give your life to Jesus. And if that's you today and you're thinking, I, I need this in my life. I want God by my side. I want, I want the Holy Spirit directing me because I don't know what to do. If you've come to that point and you're thinking, I need to accept Jesus into my life. Let's bow our, prayer, uh, bow our heads and pray this with me. Lord Jesus, today I choose to put my trust in you. Thank you for paying the penalty for my sin. Please forgive me for my sin and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, look for God turning up this week. Look for God's provision. Look for your change in attitude. Look for how you, you change how you talk as you start to discover who God is. I recommend get hold of a Bible or get the Bible app on your phone. Start reading through. Um, start with one of the Gospels. And secondly, tell somebody that you've made that decision. All right, guys, have a great week and I'll see you soon. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 